Armstrong and Getty Show. Glad you're here. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we have uh, a great conversation about public policy gone wild. It's not as dry as it sounds. It's the, the absolutely idiotic, enormous waste of money that is the California bull spit train that cannot be killed. It's a vampire. Uh, if you live in other places, I'll explain to you in a minute why you should be interested in this, because you should be. Um, but first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. The generic drug industry is the largest private sector corporate cartel in history. So this is really, I think, degenerated into partisan politics. I'm glad this chapter of my life is behind me. And what did that mean? Take care now. He has an incredible slap shot, where if you don't let him score, you are slapped and then shot. But now the former director seems to be acting as a partisan pundit, selling books and earning speaking fees while speculating about the strength of my character and the fate of my immortal soul. It's extremely scary. It's frightening. If you're walking, they come up extremely, extremely close to you. I'm Steve Bullock, and I'm running for president. Yes, ma'am. What have you been proudest to achieve as governor? Um, I am. (laughs) I'm Bill de Blasio, and I'm running for president because it's time we put working people first. And de Blasio makes it an even two dozen. 24 candidates for the Democratic nomination. Well, people have lots of options. Isn't that a good thing? (laughs) We'll see. I don't know what the hell happened to Biden. This ain't good. Merit. It is really a condescending word. They're saying family is without merit. Today was Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's 35th birthday, and if you're wondering what he wants, your personal data. I'd have said it's your personal data. I think that would have beefed up the joke. I can punch that up for you next time, son. Uh, so thank you for being here. Good cow. Very healthy uh, cow. Well-marbled meat. Actually having a little tri-tip tonight on the grill. Looking forward to that. I do enjoy a beef steak. So uh, listen, here's the story. Glorious sounding projects that'll only cost X. And we only need to uh, borrow a few billion. And the private enterprise will get on board. And the federal government will help us out. Yeah, this will work out great. That is the modern siren song of the Keynesian uh, maniac. The person who just wants the government to spend and spend and spend. They think that's good public policy. And, uh, and, And how these things catch on and then how impossible they are to kill. All wrapped up in the story of the California bull spit train. Uh, also known as the Crony Express. And we here at the Armstrong and Getty Show have been trying as hard as we can to drive a stake into the heart of this vampire for a very long time, as has California Assemblyman Jim Patterson, who represents the 23rd Assembly District of Corruptifornia, and uh, joins us now. Jim, how are you, sir? Good, Joe. Thank you. Appreciate being with you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always good to talk. So, listen, we understand the federal government made a move, yanking away some of the federal money um, that was uh, going toward this debacle. How much money, and, and what does that mean? Well, right now, uh, about a billion dollars, uh, but also they have, uh, they're making a claim on about $2.5 billion, maybe $3 billion of uh, 
federal taxpayer money that went to the project early on that the state of California High-Speed Rail Authority uh, grossly misspent and misused. Uh, look, California High-Speed Rail has done this to themselves. I'm a little little tired of you know Gavin Newsom and the Democrats in charge of this state basically saying this is this is just Donald Trump uh, attacking California. Now look, here's the truth. The truth is that High-Speed Rail entered into an agreement. The Federal Rail uh, Authority approved it. You had to do certain things. You had to do it on time, and you had to conform with the with the plans that the federal government said will help you pay for. Right, including uh, the they, need that they, there has they, to be a fair amount of private investment, and there is virtually none. Well, and it's it's even worse than that. I mean, uh, it was supposed to go 250 miles an hour. It's now slow slow speed. It was supposed to go between L.A. and San Francisco. Now it's going between Bakersfield and, and Madera. The initial operating system in Central California, where I represent and live in, in, in Fresno, we've got uh, billions of dollars of concrete in the air. And what are they going to put on top of that concrete? Regular slow rail. Now, you, so they basically took billions of federal taxpayer dollars said they would do one thing and have done something entirely different, and now they want to blame the federal administration for pulling back funds? California did this to themselves, and the administration and the Federal Rail Authority has every right to claw back billions of dollars. It is done often. This is how the federal government keeps the states honest with the kind of money that they that they send. So... I think this uh, is going to be more than a billion dollars. I think there's a high probability that uh, we're going to have to send back a couple billion uh, to the feds. And here's how they claw that back. Maybe next year or the year after, they're going to send us, what, $10 billion for highways and streets, and they'll they'll send us $8 billion instead. Ooh, wait a minute. That'll work. Yeah. I, I'm sure there will be many court cases uh, on, on that topic. Look, they're go- look, they're going to they're going to lose the court cases. This is the oversight responsibility of federal funds. These kinds of agreements are typical. I was mayor of Fresno for eight years. We had housing and urban development funds. Uh, when I got elected, I inherited a mess. Uh, and HUD was basically saying, if you don't fix it, uh, we're going to you're going to get, you know, five hundred maybe 500 million uh, next year we're going to claw back 25 or 30 million of it because you, you've spent it incorrectly okay this is done all the time so look california you did it to yourself this is a project that is absolutely uh disintegrating in front of our very eyes and what really bugs the daylight out of me joe is that central california was promised all of this great stuff what are we going to get out of this a rump railroad slow speed from bakersfield to uh, what, Madera? Merced or Madera? (laughs) We already have that. It's called Amtrak. Well, right. And you know what, Jim? It's funny you should mention that. I happen to be on uh, one of the most popular uh, Amtrak lines in California recently at rush hour, and it was maybe half full when we started. Then people obviously got off the train. But, I mean, half full at rush hour in a major metropolitan area? And and now they're going to build at the cost of many billions of dollars regular speed in in the middle of the Central Valley between a couple of towns which are absolutely lovely yeah, towns look, and great if, places if, to live and work, if, but yeah, don't if, need a freaking if, train line. Yeah, no. If the federal government did not hold California accountable this way, 
they would have to go apologize to Georgia, apologize to Florida. This has been done in the past for rail projects that were screwed up by states. I think Florida had to to, to get like a billion dollars clawed back. I think they're. I think Georgia's in the middle of a of a of a, a bit of a dispute over this. I, I think uh, Michigan might have been. So look, the the storyline we're getting from uh, the governor and the Democrats is this is all Trump's fault. No, it isn't, Governor. This is your fault. This is the fault of the state of California. You have spent billions, ripped up thousands of acres of prime agriculture, taken people's businesses and their homes in central California, ripped up streets in Fresno from one side of the city to the other. And what are you leaving behind for those billions of dollars, including a bunch of federal tax dollars? A rump railroad slow speed. That uh, nobody wants to ride. It's just this. Uh, and, Joe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one step further. Go ahead. Something is going on inside the high-speed rail authority that smells like uh, conflict and corruption. I think you can't just explain what we see today as nothing more than incompetence. If you'll recall, the L.A. Times did a really good investigative story about how the high-speed rail authority was captured by the consultants and the companies that are getting the billions of dollars uh, to build this. There's only one interest group uh, that has at the core a a conflict and maybe even a, a corrupt intent to keep the cash flowing, even though it's building, uh, a, a, you know, this rump railroad, and that's the big-time contractors who uh, benefit from it. And by the way, they're the same group of contractors who put up hundreds of thousands of dollars to convince voters. So they bought that vote for a, a, a train line no one wants that will never be finished, and then as the price quadruples, quintuples, yep. they're the ones that profit. And they're, and they're cashing the check. Well, as you dig into that, Jim, please do keep us in the loop. And, we will sure do that. And we will absolutely gladly be your mouthpiece. California Assemblyman Jim Patterson, yeah, there are still some good people in politics. He represents <laughs> the 23rd Assembly District in Corruptifornia. Jim, thanks a million. You bet. Thanks a lot. You got it. Uh, so coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show, I'm telling you, you got it. You you got as taxpayers, you have to be vigilant. You really do, because the, the modern uh, government cronies and criminals are so good at stealing your money. Thanks for taking my money. Asshole. You're right, sweetheart. You're right. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I can't hold like a stone. Hey, Sean, I hear that uh, Jimmy Kimmel joke, would you? At this point, announcing you're running for president is like announcing you're running a 5K. Good for you. No one cares. Don't post pictures. There are now 23 Democrats in the race. And unless one of these guys has a dragon we don't know about, I don't know how any of them come out of this alive. So uh, that's funny. Um, 
We've been uh, discussing the Statue of Liberty and immigration policy. We had Mark Krikorian on uh, before in uh, with an interview that I thought was extremely informative. You can get it via the podcast, uh, you know, iTunes or iHeartMedia or wherever podcasts are given away for free because we're stupid. Um, uh, but uh, there's been an ongoing give and take via email and other means. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com is our email address, by the way. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com about uh, the Emma Lazarus poem and, and speeches that were given that day and <clears throat> how, you know, there are absolutely speeches that say, listen, we're not going to let in people who are going to hurt the country or criminals or whatever, because, you know, that's always been a thing. It's not racist. It's just smart. But I uh, got this nice, uh, this nice note from Mike. He said, hey, concerning the Emma Lazarus poem, give me your huddled masses, etc. Poor and huddled masses. For future discussions, she was asked to write a poem to be auctioned off so they could pay for the pedestal. Not to create immigration policy, LOL. It wasn't until she died in 1887 that her friends wanted to memorialize her, so they were able to get them to put a bronze plaque on the pedestal for the public to view in 1903, which was seven years after it had opened. So it's just, it's a nice lady, wrote a poem to raise money. It's not America's permanent immigration policy, you soft heads. Oh, see, you, uh, you, you, you went you went mean at the end. Did there. I? The, the hockey stick of hostility went up <laughs> yeah, at the end. Yeah, I am so sorry. I am so. Very, oh no! Shame! Oh no! Oh, yep! Shame on shame. me! Shame! Oh, I'm ashamed. Shame! We're trying to change minds and hearts here, Joe. Shame is right. <laughs> All right, sorry. The White House has launched a tool so that people can report social media censorship. Huh. Allows any U.S. citizen to complain about being censored on social media platforms. I actually have a couple of stories in here. It's just utterly beyond question that the people who run these things are wildly left compared to, like, the middle of politics in America. They get to be. It's fine. I'm a First Amendment freak. You can be, you can be left at Trotsky. I don't care. Your ideas versus my ideas. Let's get it on. But... The thing I object to, oh, and as a you know, a libertarian, a First Amendment freak, if Facebook wants to be entirely liberal, uh, you know, there's some argument that they've got near monopoly powers at this point, and that's a really interesting ongoing discussion. But for the sake of the present discussion, if you just want to be the liberal outlet, uh, that's okay. All I ask is that you be honest about it and quit stating in 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 you know glorious and grand terms how fair and even-handed you are because you're not. You're always discriminating against conservatives, and you're branding conservatives as like as uh, as alt right, whatever that means, or what have you. And anybody who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who's like not a good guy, well, that guy five steps away. You brand as a hater and alt right, and it's just it's awful. Anyway, so the White House has launched a uh, tool where you can click on it. According to Axios, Sarah Fisher, um. There's a form. I actually clicked on this this morning, but I didn't go very far on it because it's one of those step-at-a-time things where you fill in your name. But you fill in your first and last name. Then it asks if you are citizens. And if you click yes, the form continues. If you click no, it shows up. And that's right. And deports you immediately. (laughs) Screaming. Torn from the arms of your children. No, a screen pops up saying, unfortunately, we can't gather your response through this form. Please feel free to contact us at whitehouse.gov slash contact. Slash instant deportation. No, not really. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I, I don't know whose idea that was. That's that's a dumb idea. There are lawful immigrants to this country, 
resident aliens, green card holders, nice people. If they get screwed, we should know it. I mean, that's just that's just dumb, Mr. President. It's dumb. If you're talking about, well, and he didn't do it, but if you're talking about social media screwing people who have conservative voices, there are plenty of immigrants who do. Anyway, um, then they ask you what platform you've experienced bias on and the rest of it. Uh, the gal from Axios points out, well, I'm paraphrasing it, but there will be trolling aplenty. But at least there's an attempt to gather information. <laughs> because as these amazingly powerful social media outlets uh, you know, get even more and more power, it'd be nice to know if they are tilting the playing field. Also, where is it? I had it right in front of me that yeah. the average person who uses social media every day uses four platforms per day. I think it was 98% of the people who use social media use at least four different programs daily. Right. So not the average, but 98%, virtually yeah. everybody, yeah. which is quite astounding considering there is near universal agreement that they will ruin your life and make you crazy. So uh, fair warning. Unless you want to be ruined and crazy. Some people do. But do you I say shame? Shame on you shame. for ruining shame. your own life. Shame. 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 Marshall, what are her headlines? <laughs> Trump's immigration reform running into a brick wall. The West Coast homeless population soars. And get ready to check into the Taco Bell Hotel. Yes. Mm. Mm. Marshall, make people pay for commercials. And Getty. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty, extra large, featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. Marshall, I'm going <clears> to <throat> yes. ask you to dive into the news on your own. I'm, oh, there it is. My wife sent me a picture of the cookies she just baked, and I yes. was trying to find the drooling emoji. <laughs> there that, it is. That's okay. what you will respond with. All right, we're good. We're back, everybody. Right. Thank you for tuning in. Marshall Phillips has our headline. Well, President Trump sent out a series of warnings to illegals in the U.S. this morning, saying in a series of tweets, quote, Border Patrol is apprehending record numbers of people at the southern border, the bad hombres of which there are many are being detained and more will be sent home. Trump adding in another tweet, all people that are illegally coming into the United States now will be removed from our country at a later date as we build up our removal forces and as the laws are changed. Please do not make yourselves too comfortable. You will be leaving soon. Exclamation point. Meanwhile, the president did unveil his immigration reform plan that would change decades of policy by prioritizing high-skilled workers and those with job offers over family members of those already here and admitting immigrants to the country. Younger age and ability to speak English would also weigh as positives. Trump saying yesterday, We discriminate against genius. We discriminate against brilliance. We won't anymore. But prospects look dire in the divided Good, Congress. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Where Demo- that implies that I'm a... Uh, never mind. 
Prospects look dire in the divided Congress where Democrats control the House and uh, criticizing the plan very heavily. Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying... I want to just say something about the word that they use, merit. It is really a condescending word. Are they saying family is without merit? Are they saying most of the people who have ever come to the United States in the history of our country are without merit because they don't have an engineering degree? You know, if you're going to go to the trouble of building a straw man, Nancy, so you can bravely knock it down, at least put a little straw in it. That thing was transparently ridiculous. That's idiotic. Everybody knows what merit means and the idea of kind of having an order of what people we want more than others. Does that mean family has no merit? Only if you're psychotic. Shut up! Man, politics tires me out. Yeah, and it's not just the Democrats who are against it. A lot of Republicans have come out against the plan as well, saying it's not tough enough. It needs to be tougher. We need more teeth. Yeah, you know, it it reminded me of a campaign position paper. Mm -hmm. It addresses one aspect of the immigration system, and it addresses it actually pretty well from my point of view. You know, it's flawed, but it's fine. You're never going to get the whole loaf. Um, But everybody who... You know, well, uh, most people on most sides of this issue insist on the all-encompassing, you know, comprehensive immigration reform. And, boy, I just don't have a lot of optimism that that's going to happen. If Missouri's Republican-led House... Even though it would be easy to do, as I've said many times. If Missouri's Republican-led House passes a sweeping bill to ban abortions at eight weeks of pregnancy, the Republican governor, Mike Parson, is likely to sign it. During the Wednesday rally, the governor said, until the day that we no longer have abortions in this country, I will never waver in the fight for life. So another mm. another state adding to the list of states who are passing more restrictive abortion laws. I heard a really good point made elsewhere this morning. Um, because I, you know, I, I've been thinking about this in terms of the Supreme Court and getting right. the, the current laws into cases in front of the Supreme Court. Because what the folks in uh, Alabama and Georgia and now Missouri and others are trying to do is get the question of personhood in front of the Supreme mm-hmm. Court. Because and and in the original decision, Roe versus Wade, Justice Blackmun, who wrote the decision, agreed that if you establish personhood for the fetus, for the unborn yep. baby, then you have two people with perhaps competing uh, needs and and desires. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different thing than just one person with a medical situation. And so what they're trying to do is establish personhood with these cases. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very important thing, and and I'm in favor of them doing it for several reasons. But the point was made that the the Democrats in New York and, was it Washington State? Yeah, I think Washington State and, and a couple other super progressive blue places passed these horrific laws that would permit infanticide. I mean, abortion the day a kid's going to be born. Hell, some of them are okay with like the day after. We just won't say anything. You know, it's just absolutely horrific infanticide-friendly laws. That You may remember the uh, the uh, blackface wearing Governor of Virginia expressed his sympathy for. So anyway, that would give real energy to pro-life people. Those moves. Right. But now, the Democrat or the Republicans have trotted out these these laws that are so far in the other direction, they'll immediately be challenged in court and suspended and, and into the courts and the rest of it. That will probably energize voters on the left, yes, or, or at least who like you know abortion rights. So, yeah, it's short term, it might be a bad strategy for the next election cycle. But folks who really really believe abortion is murder, they're not concerned about the next election cycle. They're com- concerned about the long game. 
Homelessness. The homelessness crisis does not appear to be getting any better in the San Francisco Bay Area. West Coast bum explosion. West Coast bum explosion. Bums and junkies. Not getting any better. The latest homeless count numbers were released yesterday showing the population has grown 17% in San Francisco. And it was disastrous the last time they counted. Mm -hmm. This is uh, since 2017 to more than 8,000 homeless. And in reaction, mayor's uh, San Francisco Mayor London Breed announced a five million dollar investment to prevent homelessness in the city. So they're putting pushing more money out to try and combat this. London Breed is that her real name? It sounds like she's a movie star, and she tried to you know grab a, a sexy sounding. Name. I do believe that is her real name, sir. That's a great name. I wish my name was London Breed because you could be a guy or a girl with that uh, that name. So uh, listen, the West Coast bum explosion. This is so interesting because we've been positing for a very long time that the more services, the more generosity, the more patience you have with bums and junkies, the more you're going to get. And we're not talking about the family that got a devastating medical bill or whatever. Those people, they're not the bums and junkies in the parks. They're not building, you know, tent cities by the riverside and digging holes in it and destroying levees and the shooting up and, and, and frightening you at an ATM and screaming at you when you're trying to eat at at a cafe on, you know the sidewalk that's not what we're talking about we're talking about bums and junkies and the more services they offer the more they're getting in all of these west coast Mm -hmm. cities and i just wonder if that effect is eternal infinite you just keep going soon you'll have a billion bums in in san francisco you'll have uh, you know 7.9 million in seattle (laughs) and go on up and down the west coast and we'll see uh, Gilroy, California, which is a, right. it's, uh, I think you'd call it a small city. I yeah, guess. it's fairly rural. Um, yeah, rural, agricultural, yep. and, and a lovely place. They have a, a garlic festival every year. Yep. It's uh, world famous. Um, homeless advocates are calling on Gilroy to declare a public emergency in hopes of making state aid available for year-round shelters for people without homes and bums and junkies. Um, I'm telling you, this is the story of the decade on the West Coast. Taco Bell is getting into the hotel business. The fast food chain's opening a hotel and resort this summer in Palm Springs, California. Y- yes, hello, front desk. Yes, all the Mexican pizzas, please, <laughs> right away. <laughs> it's being dubbed the Bell. The company says it's a taco oasis that will be open. <laughs> that will be open for a limited time, starting in August. Everything at the hotel is Taco Bell related, from the pool floats to the nail salon. That pool better be filled with the Baja Blast <laughs> special blend of Taco Bell Mountain Dew, Marshall. And some excellent Taco Bell knowledge you're displaying, Positive Sean. Uh, and, and there better be great ventilation in the hotel, too, because the flatulence <laughs> is going to be astonishing. It's never going to end. You're going to, excuse me, I couldn't hear you over the flatulence. Every conversation. The company's announcement reading the bell stands to be the biggest expression of the Taco Bell lifestyle to date. I'm sure, I'm sure Conan is desperate to make a diarrhea joke so I won't steal his thunder, but uh, great. All right. Because there aren't enough hotels. NBA playoffs. You've got Golden State Warriors beating the Blazers 114 to 111. Golden State leading two games to zip. Kevin Durant not making the trip to Portland with Golden State. He's still suffering from that hip injury, uh, that calf, calf injury. It's, yes. a, it's a, uh, a medium to serious Achilles injury. I diagnosed it uh, through my television based on my medical qualifications. Yes. Um, and it's a, his free agent year, correct, Sean? Uh, yes. Or player yeah. option yeah. year uh, or something uh, like it's that. It's one of the... Whatever. He's yeah. most likely going to be on another team next year. Right. Well, his agent is desperate 
to not communicate that he's seriously wounded. I guarantee. Plus, the the Warriors don't want people to be able to game plan for him not right. being there. But I'm telling right. you, even if he's kept on this, will he play? Won't he play? The opponents at least have to spend ten percent of their time saying, "Okay, if Durant is there, here's what we got to do." Right? right. So, in some game theory aspect, you're you're making it difficult for your opponents to game plan. Exactly. And the Bucks are going to be hosting the Raptors. That's going to be tonight in Game Two of the East Finals. And okay, so Bucks are up one. Do yep. do the Raptors have a chance? Positive, Sean, and how good a chance? Oh yeah, I think the Raptors are a very good team. Okay. Um, I I could easily see the series going seven. My wife will be very unhappy with me. I'd like to be checking in with both series. It's the the Toronto one's got a lot of great individuals to watch okay. uh, on both teams. Giannis is great on them, uh, or on the Bucks. The, right. the Raptors have Kawhi Leonard and a couple other really good players too. Right there, you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. The petering out next. Final thoughts. The whole deal. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Skeeters, the only other team aside from the Patriots and the Ducks with double-digit wins on the young season. The 1-1. Cordulo swings and fouls it off towards the broadcast booth. And I make the catch on the foul ball. I am very proud of myself. I hope somebody got video of that. As I caught it on the fly. And it's a 1-2 count. Boy, am I impressive. What a play by me. (laughs) Wow. Do we know what level of ball that guy's working? I can't quite tell if that's college or uh, minor leagues. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, but we can figure it out. All right, wait, did I hear a ping when it was hit? That's some good detective work there. That would make it college here. It doesn't matter, but that's really funny. I was at the ball game the other day with my wife and my daughter, and there are a couple of foul balls came pretty close to us, and I tell you what, I get so nervous because it was the most important thing in my life for a very long time, being able to catch the ball. Well, actually, being able to throw it past guys with bats in their hands, but, you know, you, you kind of pride yourself on being able to catch a little bit, but, man, a foul ball coming in, it's coming in hot, and it's spinning like crazy. And as bare hands, I just thought, oh, man, I got to make the catch. I got to make the catch. I got to make the catch. But they didn't come quite close enough. I am impressive. <laughs> That's fabulous. You know, I'd intended to do this earlier in the day, but we were just so busy with other stuff to talk about. Uh, I wanted to get to more of the Gallup polls on uh, poll numbers on right. people's attitude about immigration. Uh, you know, there'll be plenty of time Monday, but I like this from the Wall Street Journal. CEOs share their most helpful and unconventional career advice. Um, and, and I thought a lot of this was, was pretty sound. Um. And some of it was a little contradictory, though. And, Number one, steel pens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you may uh, succeed, you may fail, but you'll have a pen. Let's see. Uh, one executive says it's okay to swap jobs regularly. Another suggests digging into a role and sticking out. But, you know, depends on the situation. Other wisdom is direct. Don't act like a phony because people are quick to perceive inauthenticity. Remember the Armstrong and Getty uh, principle that you're never faking it as well as you think you are. 
Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Pay attention to the person interviewing you, the one who will be your boss. Then ask yourself, do you like the person? The boss makes all the difference, says real estate mogul and Shark Tank investor Barbara Corcoran. Every time I had a great boss, I excelled beyond my wildest expectations. And every time I had a clunker, I hated my job. Yeah, true. Very true. You know, yeah, there are exceptions to that if something is so clearly a good opportunity. It's a stepping stone. Then you can gut it out for a while. But, yeah, if you have the choice, that's really good advice. Especially important early in a career. Look for a manager who will not be threatened by you, will push you ahead. Um, Intuition is a wonderful thing, she says. We all have it. At 21, we have it. Uh, Let's see. I feel like overall just kind of inter-office diplomacy is something that a lot of people entering the workforce don't really appreciate the importance of or how how much just not being a dick. Yeah. Can help you get along. You don't have to be That's the best frank person. Talk. But but yeah, just just don't be a jerk and that'll help you so much. Right. Right. You know, perhaps do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh Mrs. Ms. Corcoran says, uh oh, this is a different person. Clara She, I think it's pronounced, who's the CEO and founder of um a big company and a Starbucks board director. Starbucks, what's that? I don't know. Your pay in your first job pales in comparison to the satisfaction you achieve over the lifetime of your career. That's why having that model for what good work looks like is so important. Talking about the first manager again. Uh, They set your frame of reference from everything from what a strong work ethic looks like to how to best collaborate with others. During the interview process, talk to people on your prospective manager's team and those who have left, if you can. Ask about their management style and whether their bosses challenge them. I've had some millennial workers who, the first time you give them constructive feedback, they freak out. But good managers give you constructive feedback. Um, be committed, said the chief executive of William Sonoma. Um, it's easy to spot someone doing a job as opposed to someone who cares deeply about it. Center. People can sniff out BS, said Mandy Ginsburg. A lot of gals. They asked a lot of gals yeah. uh, who are CEOs. Uh, chief executive of Match Group, Inc., uh, the parent company of uh, the dating apps Tinder, OkCupid, and Hinge. What does Hinge to do? Hinge. I'm not familiar with that one. Let me uh, do some cursory research. You know, I do you like to sneak in people's doors and I'm, say, "Hey, you want to get together?" I'm also curious. So, do they talk about reciprocal loyalty? Because companies always will demand loyalty, and we're part of a big family. But then you look at the behavior of your higher ups. You know, people get fired. Boom, they're gone. What happened to the family? Or or your right. boss may do something, it's his fault, but then he blames others. Right. I, well, yes, yes, and I'm certainly familiar with that. I will tell you this. The guiding principle in my uh, career, and Jack's as well, because we talk about everything career-wise all right. the time, but it's been systematic, smart selfishness. And, and here's what that means. You're mad at your boss. What's the best thing for your career? Do you yell at him? Do you vent? Right. Or do you find a productive way to deal with it or fix it or whatever? Do what's best for you. If you know the loyalty is a one-way street, but they are demanding it of you, well, be loyal until you decide to go. Then get the hell out. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are plenty of bad managers, but you got to be smart. you got to be, don't show your cards mid-hand. Right. Positive Sean shows, plays a little poker. He knows that. Yeah, just be cool. Be cool. I got aces. Think, yeah, that doesn't work so well. Think about the long term, <laughs> kids, huh? It's final thoughts with A and G. Hopefully, no more hit.
the day. So we got this one guy who keeps saying, why don't you guys mention that that's a parody of Cat Stevens? Is it? And does anybody care? All right, stop writing your emails. Secondly, um, I'm, I'm sending you new ones all the time. Are you guys getting them, or are they just bad, or what? Hanson? We've used them all, except, oh, there's two no. in the docket. There's no. two. There's we. Yes, we have. There's There are two. I've sent you like half a thought. Well, no, we'll talk we've used the them. Show. We've used Don't them. Don't just quit lying. <laughs> Let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad. Hey, Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Uh, yeah, with Marshall's uh, Taco Bell Hotel story, I've got a craving for Mexican pizza, Nacho Bell Grande, real authentic Mexican food. Yum. Yum. <laughs> yeah. Marshall Phillips, your final thought? Well, I'm wrapping up my birthday weeks of parties this weekend. Yes, I managed to make this carry on for two weeks now. Yay! Why not? Uh, yes. Make it like the bicentennial. <laughs> Do it for a year. <laughs> May, my birthday month. Positive Sean, a final thought for us? Yeah, found a delightful internet video today that I posted on armstrongandgetty.com. Our, our fine friends of the Canadian Space Agency opening up a jar of honey in space. What does honey do in space? You can find out now. I'd pay a nickel to see that. Yeah. Yeah, my final thought is uh, final evening with Little D. Then she's flying back to her college town and getting to work and interning and the rest of it. Boy, it's been a great time. You know, a good, healthy family, a happy family is maybe the greatest blessing you can have. Um, so many people to thanks for a little time. If you want to email us, it's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. God bless America.